0: home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Ched.
1: They are about to drop the puck two hours later than planned in Halifax CIS Hockey National Quarterfinal. Your U of A Golden Bears against St. FX. Why was it delayed? Well, if you missed it, as we checked your crystal glass scoreboard for all your glass needs, call 310 Glass today. The University, the University of Saskatchewan and Carleton went to a fourth overtime before the Saskatchewan Huskies won the game 3-2. Reed Wilkins with you inside Sports on Chet. In about uh, a minute, we'll bring in Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. In the NHL tonight, the Hurricanes are trailing the Penguins 3-2 early in the third. New Jersey is up 6-3 on Minnesota, five minutes into the third. Red Wings leading the Blue Jackets 1-0 with 14 minutes left. Late in the second period, Florida up 2-1 on Toronto. Yoken in both goals for the Panthers. The Lightning with a 1-0. Oh, the Stars just tied it. Lightning and Stars 1-1. Six minutes left in the first. Early second period, Nashville leading the Islanders 1-zip still to come. Sharks and Coyotes and the Rangers and the Kings. The Oil Kings, big game for them against Red Deer. Second last game of the regular season, just about to get underway at Rexall Place. They're two points up on Medicine Hat, racing for the final playoff spot in their conference. The Oilers will play Vancouver tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock puck drop. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan is the newest ambassador for Sports Central, and Todd joins us now. Todd, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Reed.
1: Yeah, thanks for making time for us. And I'm always pleased, given someone who covered the AJHL in Lloyd Minster for seven seasons, to also introduce you as the head coach, former head coach, of the North Battleford North Stars in uh, Tier 2 Junior in the SJHL. That must have been a fun year, eh?
2: <laughs> it was uh, two great years. It, they were years, uh, I think I was 24 years old, and I was involved with the North Battle for North Stars as the head coach. Uh, my first year in head coach in GM the second year and uh, it was a great learning experience. The community was awesome. Um, I was treated very well there, but uh, went in very, very green, uh, came out with a little experience, and uh, was a very important part, uh, an essential part of my growth as a coach. Uh, I don't think I would have uh, ever became uh, the coach of the Edmonton Oilers without taking that first step in that battle i some real appreciative of the opportunity they gave me.
1: At that age, was it difficult awkward I don't know if one of those is the right word coaching guys that you you know you weren't that much older than you maybe didn't have a whole bunch more life experience than they did
2: well it was uh it was tough it was um you know I was 24 I was coaching players that were 20 turning 21 and um uh, you know they were doing a lot of the things in the community with uh, friends and extracurricular stuff that I probably still wanted to do at that time. But I think that made me uh, very responsible. I couldn't do that. I had to hold them accountable. Um, I had to be, uh, the leader by example, had to be the leader, uh, you know, th- through uh, good work ethic. And, um, I grew up very really quick that way. I, I was fortunate enough to have, uh, tremendous life experiences heading into that, uh, just through my own family experiences, but also, uh, playing pro, playing in the national league, playing over in Europe, in a very short period of time, so uh, I think I was ready for it. Um, you know, looking back, I made a number of mistakes. but I think when we all look back to uh, to day one through day uh, three hundred and sixty five, if you will, of your of your first job, um, you probably realize that there's some things you could would have done different, but it's all about uh, experience, and that's what I gained there.
1: i'm I'm curious, and I mean we've talked a lot about, especially when you were hired your your NHL trajectory. And, you know, haven't been on Detroit staff and all that. But, but I'm curious, going back to that point in your life, and you mentioned the places you had played, was there somebody that influenced you, that maybe gave you the coaching bug, or, or even maybe as a teenager that planted something in your head that made you think, okay, maybe if I'm not a player, whenever that ends, I can be behind the bench instead of sitting on it?
2: Well, I always enjoyed... Uh, the tactics part of the game, and and the leadership part of the game uh, throughout my midget junior career, um, and then even throughout my pro career. um, After having a number of shoulder injuries and being told that my career was basically over, um, that was a real slap in my face. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that, and I ended up coming home from pro back to Saskatoon and not knowing at all what I wanted to do. I was just a lost dog Um, most of the individuals uh, hockey players at, at that time that were retiring were trying to get into police forces or fire departments uh, you know maintain a physical uh job and be part of a team and i didn't want to do that my my father was a police officer and i, I saw what he went through and i chose not to follow his path uh, i wanted to stay in the game and uh coaching uh was the way to go and um you know when i was over in europe The last year that I played, um, a North American coach moved in with me. And uh, he was living in my condo or my apartment, whatever you want to call it, uh, for about a month and a half. And we began to plan practice. We began to plan tactics. We began to pre-scout teams uh, together. And I really got the bug for it then. So when I came back home, uh, I knew that I wanted to be a coach. And lo and behold, I picked up uh, the newspaper. It was the Star Phoenix, Saskatoon Star Phoenix, there was an ad in the newspaper for, uh, for a coach in the North Battleford North Stars, and I answered it. I ended up getting the job, and here I am 25 years later. So it's kind of an ironic story.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan joining us on Inside Sports, uh, the new ambassador for Sports Central. We're going to talk to him about that in a couple of minutes. Todd, the, f- the first time I interviewed you w- was when you were hired last May. I probably remember this better than you do because you were doing <laughs> dozens of interviews that day. But but I asked you a question about failure, because when you were with San Jose, I mean, I'm sure you heard it, a, a good regular season team that, that didn't win the Stanley Cup. And I remember you said, you know what, I don't think those teams failed. I think they did really well. And sometimes you just get beaten by a better team deeper into the playoffs, or you run into a, a hot team, or, or whatever, and I, and I thought that was some interesting perspective. I, I guess I got to ask you a similar question, though, within the confines of what happened this year. I, I don't know where you're going to finish, but we know it's going to be 20-something in the NHL. I mean, does the word failure apply to this season, or how do you look at what has transpired?
2: Well, it's interesting you ask that question. I was on with Jason Greger uh, on TSN uh, just prior to this, and uh, uh, he used the word disappointment, and I think you can wrap those failure and disappointment words together, and When you look at the overall picture and you open up the newspaper and you look and you find the Edmonton Oilers down the bottom, uh, that would be failure or disappointment just based on standings. But, uh, you know, we have had uh, a number of success stories throughout the year. We've been able to bring in a generational player, insert him in the lineup. He has captured the community, captured the the team. Uh, He's fought back from an injury, and uh, he's basically at this point leading our team at the age of 18. So uh, I would consider that a success to this point. Um, after that, we've been able to create a foundation as a team and slowly work towards an identity where, you know, we're trying to become a scrappy team. We're trying to become a, a bigger, stronger, heavier team to play against. Um, I think since the deadline, adding a, a couple players and, and taking on that attitude, it's not there all the time yet, but we're working towards it. Um, creating relationships with players uh, throughout the season the boundaries are now established for what's acceptable and unacceptable in, in most cases. And, um, you know, guys, uh, individuals like Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle and uh, they know now what to expect from us as a coaching staff when we're both pleased and uh, and upset with their play. And I think that's real important. So as we move forward and continue to grow, uh, individuals have to get better uh, collectively. We have to get better and team lines we have to get better. But Failure and disappointment, yes, overall. Uh, Some successes, um, you know, others that are wavering. And and we've lost a few players throughout the year that I thought would actually be better. Um, And that's on us and that's on the players. And We're going to have to go back to the drawing board board over the summer if they're still with the team and figure out a different way of tapping into their skill set, their mindset, their ability, and see if we can draw more out of them and get them back to where they should be.
1: Yeah. Uh, nine games left. Just curious about the goaltending. Do you have a number of games you want LB to play?
2: We've set up a schedule, pardon with, me, uh, with about 15 games left. And uh, LB is scheduled to play again. Um, tomorrow we'll play Tom Talbot. Uh, I believe we have uh, uh, LB scheduled to play against Colorado here at home. And, uh, you know, we've got to find out a little bit more about him as an individual heading into the summer. Uh, I've been able to witness all of his games at the National Hockey League level um, this year, and then certainly last year when I was with San Jose, he played tremendously. So uh, most of his games have been real good. He struggled a little bit lately, uh, which isn't a bad thing. If you're going to struggle, struggle now. We can find out a little bit about your character. We can find out how what your recovery phase is, how you interact with teammates and coaches, and and uh, we can work on it. And um, they'll get more opportunity down the stretch, and... I'm sure he's going to respond well, well, there's not a player in there that, uh, you know, there's a number of players, I should say, that approach the game like he does, and and he, uh, he wants to do well.
1: Okay, and Todd, before I let you go, uh, I was there this afternoon when you were uh, formally announced as uh, ambassador for Sports Central. Uh, I mean, I've known about Sports Central a while. A, a while, I, I gave some golf clubs to Sports Central a couple of years ago. Hopefully they're be being used by a youngster more efficiently <laughs> than I ever used them. But when when you were actually, I mean, when you're there and and you see the, the warehouse and the bike shop, it is... Uh, it is a magnificent uh, charity that we have in this city.
2: It certainly is, and you know, for people that uh, that aren't aware of it, uh, the opportunity or the time spent just to stop by and say, "Hey, what are you guys doing here? How how does this work? Who are you trying to help?" Uh, is well worth uh, a half hour, or an hour of your day at some point because. We were all those young children at some point where uh, we came home and said, Mom or Dad, I want to play hockey or I want to play baseball or golf or whatever it might be. And I don't know what it was like in your house, but in mine, I had a brother and a sister and my mom and dad looked at each other. And I know what they were thinking now. I didn't at the time. Like, how are we going to get this done? Um, hockey is not a, an inexpensive sport. If you have to dress three young children and, and put them on the ice, uh, you know that can cost you a lot of money. Although um, I think Sports Central has recognized that they've been able to go out and collect uh, this equipment to give players the opportunity, to give young children the opportunity to play any sport they, they select. And I think that's really, really important. I think the uh, the chance to do it, uh, the opportunity to do it, leads to uh, good life skills later on. Um, it, you find a passion, just like I did in, in hockey. You may be a player, you may be a coach. Uh, but it sets you up for success in life. Uh, you learn how to manage your time. You learn how to be part of a team and how to commit to something. And um, I just think that this this charity does so many good things for so many uh, young children that are in need that uh, I'm so proud to be a part of it and uh, look forward to helping uh, the children of Edmonton and Alberta.
1: Todd, well said. Thank you so much for your time, and, and the great thing is you, you get to see me again at the rink tomorrow morning.
2: Well, I'm really looking forward to it, Reed. We'll see you there.
1: Right on. Thank you very much, Todd. Todd McClellan, head coach of your Edmonton Oilers, with some SJHL memories, some thoughts on failure and disappointment, and, of course, Sports Central. Oh, and he mentioned the goaltending. Expect, unless it changes, Talbot tomorrow and Brassois on Sunday. I want to get into a little bit more about what he said about failure and disappointment when we get back. It's 7.20 inside Sports on Chet.
0: Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
1: And of course, Inside Sports presented by AMA be listening tomorrow for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey AMA. Safety and savings for your family will sign on at 530 with the face-off show. The game will start at seven. Todd McClellan saying yes, if you look at the standings, I mean, of course, the season is a failure, it's a disappointment but he identifies McDavid as a success story. He identifies building a foundation as a success story. And, you know, to me, that's a reminder with, with the people involved with the team, the coaches and the players, it's often not as black and white as it is for the fans and the media. I mean, they, they win last night. All of a sudden, they're power play geniuses. And, uh, you know, when they're losing, or, you know, the, they're hopeless and you need to change all the players. When you're embroiled in it, you, you can't afford to be that black and white. Now, I think Todd and Shirelli know... They're a lot closer to the bottom of the league and they're pretty far away from where they want to be. But I don't think they're prepared to write off everything this season because clearly Todd feels there have been some strides and some good things. Interesting story coming up. Should the draft age be changed? Well, Paul Reinhardt was drafted young. He has had three sons drafted young in the last six years. He'll join us next. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Rough start for the Oil Kings at Rexall Place, trailing Red Deer 2-0, 12 minutes into the first period. We'll keep an eye on that one. That is a big game for the Oil Kings. They're still trying to nail down a playoff spot. In the NHL, New Jersey leads Minnesota 7-4 with three minutes left. Pittsburgh is up 4-2 on Carolina with four and a half minutes left. With a minute left, Detroit looking to close out Columbus. The Wings are up 3-1. Early in the third, the Panthers with a 2-1 edge over Toronto. The Lightning and Dallas are tied 1-1 after one. Nashville on home ice with a 3-1 lead over the Islanders late in the second period. Still to come, Sharks and Coyotes and Rangers and Kings. The U of A Golden Bears scoreless with St. FX. Five minutes left in the first period. CIS Hockey Nationals in Halifax. Yes, it is what... uh, 10.35 10.35 Atlantic time. This game was supposed to start two and a half hours ago. It would have been ending around now, but the game between Saskatchewan and Carlton went six minutes and 11 seconds into the fourth overtime before Saskatchewan won at 3-2. Reed Wilkins with you. Pleased to welcome to the show former NHLer Paul Reinhardt. Paul, we, we're going to uh, touch on some uh, draft topics, but I, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I get tired talking about four overtimes. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's that's that's uh, that's quite the uh, feat. Is that uh, and uh, that's an early game in that tournament too. So my guess is is that I don't think that's a knockout at this particular point. So uh, wind up and get her going again next night. No, it
1: it is a knockout now. They changed oh. it to an eight team knockout. So Carleton's oh, done and Saskatchewan yeah. plays Saturday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's uh, you, you'll take the win, but boy, the, the ability to recover from that's going
1: to be uh, uh, tough on that team. What's the longest game you ever played in? Do you remember off the top of your head? I think the longest might have been game seven uh, going
0: into just at the end of the – I think we might have just got to the end of the first overtime. I can't remember if we did get into second overtime, but I think that was it. Uh, never had any of those long marath- marathon games for yeah. sure. Not, and, not in the pros anyway.
1: Yeah, for sure. And as we're saying this, the U of A just scored. So they go up uh one, nothing on St. FX. We'll keep an eye on that one. Paul, thank team. Well, yeah, they've done okay. <laughs> they've done okay. Maybe not a favorite this year, but uh, Jamie Crooks on a partial breakaway. I'm just, I'm, I got the game on the internet. I got a basketball game on the compute on the TV. I got you on the phone line. <laughs> here. I got newspapers in front of me. Um, Paul, We wanted to have you on because we we were, you know, Dave Campbell, my producer, and I were talking about these stories that have been floating around about, about raising the draft age. Maybe kids should be coming in into the NHL when they're a little older. And we thought you'd have great perspective because you were drafted 12th overall, and obviously you've had three sons drafted, two of them in the top four. Let's go back in time, uh, first of all. So you were drafted in, in 79. Now, were you were you 18 or 19?
0: I was 18, so I was an underage. Okay. Uh, if you recall, that was the year they postponed the draft until into August uh, to address the issues of, um, that the, the potential issues of underage draft. I think that there were a number of, well, I know there were a number of underage players through their agents who were going to challenge uh, the legality of it at that time, and so they postponed it. It was the year after the uh, Birmingham Bulls uh the young you know the young guys who went down there and played. so I think that there, there was at that time it was uh, it was a challenge. it had been postponed until the draft had been postponed until uh, early August and of course they took um, underage that year. There were a number of us that that went as underage uh, Lori Boschman uh, Ray Bork myself. I know I'm missing guys, but there were a number of, uh, of of high picks that went as underage.
1: When you look back and 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 I, first of all, I think you wanted to play in the Olympics, didn't you? But the Flames said, "No, you're you're going to come play with us," and eventually well, you did that. I was,
0: you know, I had already played four years junior, um, uh, and and the idea at that point was that after four years of junior, you've certainly had enough and time time to move on if the underage draft had not occurred uh i was going to go play with the olympic team and quite frankly even even with the um underage draft when atlanta had uh, selected me the idea was still to go play for the year with the olympic team Uh, i went down uh, i played from the beginning of august through uh, mid-september with the olympic team uh, went down on a last-minute invite from Atlanta to come down to their training camp. And uh, the way it worked out was that uh, they had made some trades the previous uh, March at the deadline, uh, opened up some uh, opportunities on the back end and um, had a very good camp. And, and it became um, uh, obvious to them, at least, that um, that I was capable of playing. And um, sure enough, uh, the, the opportunity presented itself. So... Um, while it, you know, I would have been content and happy to play with the Olympic team, uh, uh, and certainly was a goal of mine. Um, having the opportunity to go play in Atlanta that first year was also uh, at the top of the list.
1: Yeah. So I mean, hindsight being 2020, you know, sort of our, our our theme here was that the was being in the NHL right after being drafted the right experience for you at the time. Would would, would have you preferred another year of development? No, no. It was
0: absolutely the. It was it was absolutely the right decision. Um, we can argue all we want about how the game has changed uh, and whether it's different back then or now, but the reality is, is that uh, the draft uh, does not take into account individuals. And um, in athletics, it still comes down to the individual. Some 18-year-olds are ready physically, mentally, uh, emotionally to make that step. And for them, the right decision is to is to be allowed to make that step. Um, there are others who aren't quite there at 21. So it, it, to to put a to put a uh, a blanket across everybody and say that the the answer is to is to um, uh, just eliminate the underage draft or the 18 year old draft. Um, I can't imagine it was good then, and it certainly wouldn't be good in my eyes today. Certainly for the player.
1: Yeah, Paul Reinhardt joining us inside Sports on 6:30. That that's an interesting perspective, and and you sound very strong on it, which which I like. And, and now you've had an experience as as a dad as as well. Uh, Max, 64th overall. Uh, he's now with Nashville, right? Yep, that's right. Uh, Griffin obviously now an Oiler, but he was drafted fourth overall by the Islanders. And Sam then goes uh, second, and he's uh, with the Buffalo Sabres. So I mean, I, I mean, it's 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 so cool talking to you because you did it yourself, and then you went yeah. through it three times uh, as as a parent. And certainly Sam drafted where he was. You know, was was able to jump right in. Did you did you look at your sons and say, okay? I think they're ready. Maybe this one is or isn't, or, or were you well, willing to say, i got to take a back seat and let the team decide?
0: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, whether you, whether you want to or not, you have to take a back seat. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have no control over what the team's, um, what they're thinking, what their circumstances are. Um, and, and so you don't really have much of a choice. Uh, the, the reality is is that both Griffin and Max were somewhat affected by the lockout that year. In that they neither one of them got a real first uh, go at training camp in September because of a lockout, and and um, and so as underage guys, it certainly put them in a in a difficult position. Um, but having said that, uh, each you know there are there are players who are mature physically, and mentally, and emotionally, but unless they're given an, an opportunity um it, it that none of that really matters and so it it does come down to an organization's mentality where they are with their own personnel what their own experience is and, and you know you can argue all you want but you can you can point to many guys who were rushed and it didn't work out and you can also point to people who probably should have been moved along a little earlier um, the argument that organizations and media and others use that nobody's ever suffered from being in the minors for any period of time um, doesn't ring very true to players (laughs) right they're all high high highly motivated and driven guys and they all believe in their own minds that they can play at, at at an early age given a proper opportunity and so an organization always has to weigh the expectation of the player and that of of how they fit into their own organization. And that becomes the magic within a, a particular organization, more than the league setting a, a mandate that, that 18-year-olds can or can't be drafted, at least in my view.
1: Paul, this is great. Just a couple more for you. I mean, with all all three of your, your boys being, being drafted, um, what – from your playing experiences, I mean, you mentioned the emotional maturity, which I, th- which I think is a big one. Um, th- were you able to offer some stuff, or I, I'm sure you still do, but especially when they're first drafted or they're going to that first camp, were you able to offer anything that said, you know, you got to remember this, or you got to remember you might feel this way, but that's okay, or that's something you got to fight through, anything like that? Uh,
0: it, it, again, that's that's tough, um, just because. Players have their own perspectives um, uh, and, and their own mentalities. Uh, I, I had um, a very positive experience when I went down to Atlanta. And that was in the days when teams organized. And quite frankly, the first question that was asked of me when I stepped on the ice down there was whether I was playing center or defense. That, that's the, the level of scouting that had, or lack thereof that had gone on. But having said that, after a couple of days and when it became clear that our head coach down there, Al McNeil at the time um, was was making the call that, that I was going to play uh, he came to me um, before the season and said, listen kid, you're, you're going to play, you're going to play a lot um, and you're going to make mistakes and I'm telling you right now that no matter what mistake you make, you're going back out there unless you keep making the same one over and over again and that level of confidence that he gave me as an 18 year old and then and then respected it and lived by it probably set me up for my career quite frankly and 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 not just my career even even life changing in terms of when a guy like that gives you that level of confidence and so when when you're asking me if i've had any conversations with the boys not really but deep down and, and the wish is always or the hope is that 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 they're also um blessed with that kind of of confidence shown by a head coach
1: yeah well said well this is this is a great topic i know i know people have uh have tweeted me about it a bit and uh, kelly rudy's a weekly guest on this show and and he actually felt like may- maybe going to 19 is uh is the way to go so you, you know you and kelly kind of a more or less uh, overlapped in your careers and and different perspectives so I, I find that really interesting and i guess the the league and the pa are, are going to have to have to figure well, it out. Yeah,
0: but. But, Neil, the bigger issue is, is probably the, the unfairness of, of how the CHL 18, 19-year-old is treated with, with respect um, to an American playing college or, or a European who, as a 19-year-old, even though you're absolutely ready for it, uh, the CHL has agreed not to let you go play in the American Hockey League. That, to me, is a much bigger issue. Than is whether you're drafted at 18 or not. That's the flaw in the system right now, and I understand why it's there. But quite frankly, that will fix a lot more of the problems than 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 telling a Connor McDavid he can't play in the National Hockey League.
1: Right. So you think you think a guy should be able to play as an 18-year-old in the AHL as opposed to waiting? <laughs> there's no question. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not a lot. I mean, you know, Griffin's experience to come back
0: uh, from the Island and play a fourth year in junior while he took a, took the oil Kings, um, to the Memorial cup. The reality is, is that, is that he probably should have been playing at the very least in the American hockey league that year from a personal standpoint.
1: well, and there's also, and there's also the argument that maybe 16 year olds shouldn't play in the CHL. Right. And that they should.
0: Again, again, you know what, uh, it depends on how physically mature. I mean, I played in the, in the, in the, in the Ontario hockey league at 14. Um, you you just it depends on where and and where you are physically mentally and 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 you can't put rules across the board for everybody there are exceptions
1: yeah and and
0: again it comes down to the level of of experience and expertise in which an organization develops that young player
1: yeah Paul great opinion on this hope I hope I didn't keep you for too long but that re- nope, re- really I'm good obviously thoughts on that
0: strong strong minded on it
1: yeah, well, that's that's it's,
0: it's that's, the young guys in
1: that's good. Hey, thanks for making time for us. We, we didn't even talk about any uh, Rexall Place memories, but maybe we'll do that before we shut the building down. <laughs> I'm
0: glad. You know what? It was still one of the favorites. As, as tough as it was for us to play in there, it was, um, it was pretty, you know, those are one of the highlights of my career was having the opportunity uh, to play all those uh, Battles of Alberta in that building as in the Yeah,
1: for sure. Paul, really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us on Inside Sports. My pleasure. That is Paul Reinhardt checking in tonight. Wow, that was great. Really good to have him on the show. And, yeah, very unique perspective and very strong opinion about the draft age. And he says uh, it's fine if you're good enough to play, if you're mature enough to play. Why limit the uh, elite players? Which is a little opposite from what Kelly Rudy said, who said why not let guys mature more? Let the scouts have a little more information, and maybe 19 is a better age. Where do you come down? 780 496 0063, or you can text 630 630. Golden Bears up 2 0 after 1. Inside Sports on Ched.
0: You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with
1: Reed Wilkins. All right. Southside Rob texting 630 630. Oh, wait. Wait, sorry. Turn it up. Yeah, I shouldn't have talked before that part. Southside Rob says, hey, Reed. Paul Reinhardt was an awesome player with the Flames in the early 80s. I was fortunate to work for the Flames then. They had a great team that made it to the NHL semifinals in 80-81. Hopefully his son Griffin will follow in his footsteps with the Oilers. That is from Southside Rob. Thank you very much for texting in Southside Rob. 7.54 is the time of day. Stoffer coming up between 8 and 8.30. We'll talk some Oilers. We'll talk some CIS hockey. Oh, it's news time already? I was just... That four overtime game just rattled me. I haven't even talked about the NCAA tournament. Yale won. You always pick the Ivy League team in the first round. I'm serious. These kids are smart. They know angles, man. They're like walking... (laughs) protractors. <laughs> they're, they're like walking protractors that could play basketball. Oh. Bears up to nothing on St. FX after the first period. If you, Matthew Panashik, you quit bugging me about wearing green or not wearing green. What is up with that, buddy? I'm not it's, eight years old. It's St. Patrick's I'm Day, man. I'm not eight. I don't have to wear green, okay? I've moved on. I pitched
0: you already today, so I can't pitch you yes, again. Yes, in
1: a very inappropriate spot.